Welcome to Zebra's Popcast, short, inspiring, and informational segments pulled from our weekly furniture refinishing podcast, Zebra's Before and After. Today's Popcast features a clip from Season 2, Episode 27. We spoke with Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Caroline of Living on Saltwater, and Jenny of The Painted Cow Shop. They discussed the ever-popular topic of pricing your furniture. Enjoy. Well, I'll start. Um, I know that this has been a question that... Honestly, I probably get a message about almost every day from, you know, a follower and it can range anywhere from, you know, how do you figure out how to price your pieces to like, how much would you pay for this or how much, you know, like how much would you buy this piece for like in order to refinish it? So it's such a common question for me. And the thing is, is that at least for me, there is so not an easy answer or a black and white answer. And I have yet to come up with a good answer for anybody that's asked me that question. So I feel like that's why it's a good topic to discuss. And the only thing that I can really come up with to tell people is that there's so many different factors that go into it. And I think one of the biggest factors is your market. And so I think you have to know your market. You know, for example, I live in a pretty rural area. Things aren't very expensive here. People don't pay, you know, big city prices for furniture here. So I feel like my pieces maybe are priced a little bit on the lower side, but if I were to price them higher, um, I probably wouldn't be able to sell them here. Um, so I think that's like the first thing that I tell people is to know your market and also know like the demand of your market. What are people in your area buying? What are they looking for? Things like that. And then, you know, of course, I feel like the biggest things that go into to pricing it are um, looking at how much you put into it. So of course you're going to take how much you paid for the piece, but then there's so many little things that add up along the way, you know, all of your supplies and materials and that, but then also your time. And to me, your time isn't just the time that you're sitting there painting or sealing or whatever. It's, it's all the, all the other little little time things that that add up. I think I had talked about this a couple of weeks ago in my stories, you know, every time that you go to move that piece in and out of your shop or your garage, or you move that piece into your house or wherever your staging wall is to take pictures, then editing pictures. And I think there's just so many factors that go into it that there's, there's just no black and white answer to that. Do you guys know what I'm saying? I agree. I live in a metro area. We, I live right outside of the capital for North Carolina. And so it, it's, it's a much different market than what you've described for your home location. And I agree, it, it definitely, that is a huge factor. For me, I, I'm still kind of relatively new to selling furniture. And that was one of the things I think that I've struggled with. I've second guessed myself as I've started to sell furniture. Am I valuing my pieces en- enough for the time and effort in them? And then sometimes things sell very quickly and some things sit. So it's it continues to be a guessing game. I talked about being an accountant. I, I do look at um, you know all those supplies, sandpaper, paints, the poly, brushes, things like that. And you know try to equate those to how much would be used on a piece and that as just a base cost in addition to the the price of the furniture and then try to value my time and 
then based off of, also on like a specific design on on a piece is a is that design worth it for that piece of dresser will i be able or that piece of furniture will i be able to get my return if i do this design or is it more cost effective to do a different design and then you have that struggle with creativity versus the business side and it it can be there is no right answer there it's it's very gray and hard to decide sometimes yeah for sure i think i have to agree with both of you and when you said about all the time that goes into it and and do you figure all of all of that as well like you said the pictures the moving it the purchasing it totally agree and i also think that the rule is there's not a rule because mm-hmm. what what price works in a, for one person is not going to work maybe for me. And I can't sell basically at all where I live because I am in a rural area also. And my pieces aren't going to sell for that, that kind of money here. So almost 95% of my business is all Etsy. And it's almost all of it is custom pieces. So like I have all my pieces listed and then and then people just order from that and tell me the color that they want. And my pricing is all done on small, medium, and large because I basically do china cabinets and buffets. So I have a set price, whatever finish they want, small, medium, large. I feel like McDonald's sometimes, you know, small, medium, large, and then and then that's how I and that's how I price it. But I've also noticed, and I'm in my second year, and I noticed this at the beginning of um, at the end of last year, is that um, I was able to raise my prices because I think uh, a demand you know, like the supply and demand, I, mm-hmm. I noticed that maybe it's harder to get some of these pieces in some areas. And in now, the, right now, because of COVID, a business has been even just un- unbelievable because everyone's working at their house, right? That, uh, right. That, that I actually raised my prices again. So I think you have to go with people are paying it and are willing to pay it. And you know that there's room to, you know, keep inching up. Then, then if that works for you, then can do that also. So I, I don't like to say, well, you know, based, based on what somebody else is getting, I got to ask that price or they won't buy my stuff because I found that that rule doesn't apply. And I think with all three of us, we can agree that staging our items mm-hmm. does take it up to a different level, you know, as someone scrolling through Etsy, you know, as if they were online dating, they see a picture and they stop and they want to <laughs> know more when it's staged. Right. And I think that also... Elevated our prices too. I think with with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and as it should, you know. I I was just I was talking to my husband about this this morning too because we're actually selling a um, we're just selling a gas grill that we have because we got a new one, and I was out there taking pictures of it to post on marketplace. And my husband's like making fun of me. He's like, Jen, you only need to take one picture. Uh, it's a grill, and I'm like, Yeah, but it's all about the picture because even on Facebook Marketplace, when someone's scrolling through. If my grill is like all dingy and dirty and, you know, just like whatever, they might scroll on past it. But if it's nice and shiny and clean, it might be more desirable. And I feel like that's how it, you know, it is with furniture. It's like you do have to present it in a way that's going to make someone stop. And with that, though, that also kind of increases your price because I'm not just wheeling that piece out and snapping a picture and posting it. I'm wheeling it out and putting it in the perfect spot and putting it with the perfect props and waiting for the perfect lighting and then, you know, taking the picture and then editing the picture. So all of that is also my time too. So I do think you have to factor that stuff in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Even the things that I'm 
you know, that I sell on Marketplace, just like your grill. I take photos like they're like my furniture. So you can, yeah. <laughs> I can get the value for them. The furniture makes or breaks it. I've had people reach out and say, if I refinish this, how much do you think I could get for it? And I, and I, my key is, I said, you need to take very good photos. You need to get good lighting and that will help your piece sell, uh, you know, doing good quality work, but also having great pictures and showing that you're, you've took the time to refinish something and it, it's a quality product. So, you know, follow through of your, effort and quality on the actual piece all the way to the photo, I think it helps make the best sale. For sure. I love that both of you said that about Marketplace because when I listed a doghouse recently, I staged it with props and my husband thought I'd lost my mind and <laughs> it was a Marketplace. <laughs> and I was like, See, it matters, it matters. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really yes. funny. So I think it's embedded in us and we're, we know that it sells. It, it, it's the visual story. I've had people tell me that they, they saw something I stage and they'll say that reminded me of my grandma's house. And, and so that pulled them in and, and there you have it. It's, it's sold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've had people say that too. Like, I, you know, oh, I could see that in my house now. And it is true. It's like, if you, if I just took that picture, like in, in my driveway or something, you might not see the the potential in it, I guess. So, and I get that, I get that question too, Caroline, where someone will send me a picture of their piece and say like, how much, how much should I list this for? Or how much would you sell this for? And, you know, again, there's no black or white answer to that, but I do think that's, a, and I've never suggested this to someone, but I will now is, you know, I think you really need to make sure you're staging it and taking really great pictures of it because you did put the work into it. So that's how you're going to get the most out of it. Absolutely. I was going to ask both of you, do you, when people inquire about purchasing your furniture, do you have people that try to get a deal and reduce your price? And how do you respond to those inquiries? Um, I, not so much anymore, but in the beginning, yes. I think people say like, would you take blah, 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 or what's the lowest you can go? And I think they almost treated it like, like it was a Facebook marketplace purchase. Um, but I feel like as my business has grown and you know, my, my photographs and everything look more professional, then there's less of that tendency to do that. Um, so I don't get that as much anymore, but when I do, I, I mean, 99% of the time I won't reduce the price. I'll just tell them that, you know, this is the price that it's at. And, um, if I ever, if I ever have a sale on this price, I'll, I, or on this piece, I'll post that sale or yeah, I, I almost never go down on price. I don't go down on price either. And I know that's probably a whole nother show, but I don't do, um, I don't do sales on my Etsy page either. Cause then I always think, well, maybe there'll be, people will be thinking, well, she's going to have a sale if it's around long enough. So I just, I don't do sale either, but no, I don't have, I don't have people asking me for less either. But maybe it's because it's on Etsy and not Marketplace. When I did on Marketplace, mm -hmm. I would have people offer me half, like they were doing me a huge favor. And I was like, thanks, but no mm -hmm. thanks. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Right. <laughs> My husband will pick it up today for half price. Okay. Nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I have cash. I have cash in hand. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to say something else about that with marking pieces. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I feel like my prices are already like pretty reasonable for for what they are and what I do. So I feel like if I have a piece that sits around for a long time and I mark it down a little bit and then I mark it down a little bit more, I get to the point where I'm like, I would rather keep this piece for myself. Like I'll find a place in my house for it 
or gift it to a family member or a friend or do like a giveaway. I've done like local giveaways on pieces where like then you can put it out there and try to, you know, get more engagement with with people like comment or like or share this and someone will win this piece. I would rather do that than sell it for such a low price that I feel like I'm just giving it away. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah, I agree cuz it, it kind of then like lowers your average, you know, I guess that's a bad, not a great way to put that. But I mean, you know, you're, you've worked so hard on, you know, building your brand and your quality and, and stuff. It's, it's not beneficial for, for the business to do that. I do give a discount to previous customers though. I don't know if you guys do that. Like, like I have like four people who have bought several items, both of them to, to do their homes. And, and so for them, I give them a little break because they're previous customers. I do do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't have like a set rule for that, but definitely I have um, some, a few very loyal customers that have bought several pieces. So it's like, you know, for that loyalty, I think it's worth a discount. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I mean, great panel discussion today on pricing your furniture pieces. You all are successful and that means you know how to price effectively. So we, it's just a huge special thank you to all three of you for joining us today. I want to say stay safe and stay well. Thanks for having us, Lane. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And I've had a wonderful time chatting. Great to know you ladies. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Zebra's Popcast. We hope you tune in this Wednesday for Zebra's Before and After podcast as we hear from Christy with Chalk It Up LLC as she answers several questions that were fielded for the podcast on the topic of painting with chalk paint. If you are new to chalk paint or you have been painting for a long time but want to try chalk paint, Wednesday's podcast is just for you. Until next time, happy refinishing.